I want to share with you um, a little little story. Actually, I'm going to close this one down and get a different one up so it works. So I think, and you can disagree with me, I'm okay with you disagreeing with me, that today is possibly one of the most significant days that I'm going to have here at Unity Baptist Church. Because kind of up till now, we've been talking and leading towards kind of today. And saying, well, where are people at? Where's the church at? What are the things that you're thinking about? How, where, what are my views on things? And today's the day where we, we start to go, okay, we're going to start to put some of these ideas down and it's going to start to shape the future. And so I, because it's a significant day, I, I decided I'd take a day out, I'd cancel all the activities that I might have had on, and I just went to go and to pray, to, to write stuff down if I needed to, etc. Uh, and I went over to Langley Park. And throughout my time there, um, I was really noticing the trees. So um, many of you have probably been to Langley Park. So here's a tree. Now, I spotted lots of trees, so don't think that they're all going to um, be exactly the same tree. And you might think, well, that's not from that tree. That's fine. Just want us to think about the tree, a tree. So you've got a tree there. During the life of the tree, seeds, in one form or another, will fall from the tree. Happens that this particular seed fell a little while before I went to the park, but on the day that I'd gone to the park, I got home, and we just pulled this out of a pot, or Amy had, and we didn't, weren't sure what it was when we saw it growing because it was with the raspberries. How it got with the raspberries, I do not know. But whether you can see it or not, that was a conker. Um, and it had started to grow. Seeds fall to the ground. Some seeds get eaten. When the seed is eaten, it provides life to others. It provides life to, to different creatures. Some seeds fall in just the right place at just the right time and get the nutrients. They need the right amount of sunlight and water, etc. And they start to grow. As the tree grows, it is itself alive, but it also gives life to other creatures. It provides food and it provides shelter. As the tree grows, it goes through seasons when it's in leaf, which we're enjoying as we come into spring, and those times when it's not, when it's just branches. The leaves fall from the trees and provide food and shelter for different creatures. The leaves break down, they provide nutrients for the soil. Flowers and plants will grow, they generate more life. As the tree grows bigger and bigger, so the cycle of life continues. More leaves, more seeds, higher and higher, reaching up towards the sun. Then after many, many years, and some of the trees that I saw in Langley Park, it will have been many, many, many years, the tree does possibly one of two things. It either dies or it's cut down. But either way, it goes on providing life. You see, the dead tree 
provides life to all sorts of creatures and plant life that grow on it and under it. It breaks down, continuing to release those nutrients into the soil, and the life cycle continues. Alternatively, if the tree is cut down, the wood can become useful in different ways, depending on the type of tree that it is. This particular tree, does anyone know what it is? Looks like a weeping willow, it's a good guess. Has anyone been to Langley Park, to the, to the, the Arboretum, and seen this tree? Anyone read about this tree? No, it didn't stand out as particularly significant to me at the time. Is it what? It's not one for cricket bats, but it could be. This one is the California Bay Laurel. Anyone know what the California Bay Laurel is known as and what it's good for? No? Well, the wood is considered what's called a tone wood. And it's used in the construction of acoustic guitars for the backs and the sides. So you see, the tree continues to give life in a completely new way through the playing of music. It brings life, not in the way that was perhaps first envisaged when that seed fell from its parent tree. It was a completely different way now, but it brings life. I share that story because my hope for Usley Baptist Church is that this is a church that is alive which also means we're going to go through the life cycle I don't know if you remember your biology from school but every living thing has seven I want to say things and yet it doesn't seem the right word but there's seven things that make up you can recognise that something is living because it has movement it, ha- it, ha- it respires, it has sensitivity, it has growth, it has reproduction, it has excretion, and it has nutrition. So all plants, all animals, all living things have those seven things, no matter how big or small. If we are a church that is alive, then we should have those seven things. And I think some of those we're probably better at than others. I mean, if we were to, if everything was going wrong, you go back to your airway, breathing and circulation, which is prayer, which is prayer. But, but we're, I think we're a bit beyond needing our ABC. We, we've got other things going on, but there might be things where we need to put a few nutrients in. There might be some things where actually it's time for a bit of excretion. I know a number of churches that are a bit constipated, to continue that analogy. I want us to be a church that is alive. And that life may go on in different ways that we don't anticipate and expect. Before we invite the children back in, I'm going to share with you, I just started writing down my hopes for the church. And I've been thinking about these for ages. Because I've known I was going to do this activity with you for a long time. So I start thinking, well, what are my hopes for the church? Okay, so my hopes for the church, and these are as I wrote them, as I sat in Manny Park, and as I walked around and sat in different places. I hope that we're a church that is prepared to fail. Because if we're prepared to fail, it means we're prepared to try things. And we're prepared to get it wrong. But some of those things we try will work, and they'll be great. And some of them, well, we'll just laugh at ourselves. 
But if we're prepared to fail, we will go on doing new things and giving new life. I hope that we're a church that is strong in our weaknesses, that we're able to look at this board and go, do you know what, there's some things on there that we're not very good at. There's some things that didn't get mentioned that's a real shame, but because we, we're a church, we should do them. I hope we know our weaknesses and that we're strong in them because we give them to Christ. I hope that we're a church that knows that death is beaten. Because if death is beaten, then we can celebrate. We can get on with living. I hope that we're a church that is authentic. That we don't try and be like the church down the road or the one we saw on TV or that, that one, that really super duper church that's in the middle of London somewhere that's got 20,000 people that comes to it. That wants to be us. As God made us to be. Authentic with one another and authentic with God. I hope we're a church that prays. We do pray now. And I want to encourage you in the church. You pray. There might be things we can do to get better at praying. But we do pray and I want to continue on praying. I want to be known as a church that prays. I want to be a church that's defined by people's relationship with God. Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. Not by the four walls but by the way that God is interacting with us and through us. A church that is welcoming, that's come up a number of times. A church that trusts God but questions itself. That trusts God but questions itself. I read something this week, and it was about education, and it made me smile because someone was saying about the education system. They said, the way our education system works is like this. You get children to answer the question in the way that you want them to answer it. So for example, if the exam question says, apples grow on trees, and then the question follows, what grows on trees? And the person writes, leaves grow on trees. We all know that leaves grow on trees, but they would get the answer wrong in this particular exam. Because we know that apples grow on trees, it says so in the statement. And if that child says, no, 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 I think leaves grow on trees. No. And we get them to do practice tests and practice tests and practice tests until they know to give the answer that apples grow on trees. And so they finish at the end of the education system, knowing how to answer the question in the way that they're supposed to answer it, without being, without thinking. I want us to be able to answer, ask the questions and answer the what grows on trees? Do you know what? Yes, apples grow on some trees. Leaves grow on trees. Woodlice grow on trees. Birds grow when they sit. I spent a lot of my time in my childhood growing in a tree. Because I like climbing trees. I want us to be a church that's able to ask questions. And, and do you know what? We go, why are we doing that? Well, we've always done it that way. Oh, okay. Or have we always done it that way? Is that the way that we should continue? I want us to be a church that's honest. That's probably one of the hardest ones. Honest with ourselves, it's probably the hardest. Honest with each other. And honest with God. Being able to say, you know what? Rich, a lot of what you say, a lot of what you do, I, I like it, I like it, you personally, that's great. But there's a few things that just, oh, they're great. Or to walk through the church and not be, it's Sunday morning, I've got my Sunday best smile on. I don't think we are too much like that, but there's days when we can do it. I want to be able to come into church and go, you know what, I haven't got on Can you pray for me?
And I realised that I've got more than that. And I, I, I want to be the strong leader that everyone follows, more confident. Actually, I need to let you know, you know what, I'm having a rubbish week. Uh, and I'm struggling with God for some reason. And I need your prayer. So then you know that you can do the same. I want us to be in a church that's in a relationship with the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I don't want us to become Pentecostal. But I want us to acknowledge the Spirit, to learn to pray, to welcome the Spirit here. The Spirit is here. And to be able to recognise the Spirit. I, I know that my strength in my relationship with God is with the Father and with the Son. That's where I'm at. And I'm being challenged about that. But where does the Spirit come in? I've baptised destiny. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But we're only praying for the Father and the Son, because, you know, we're dear Heavenly Father, those things in the name of Jesus. You need the Spirit out. Oh, that's a big part. That's, that's an equal part of God. He, we believe in one God in three parts. So I want us to know what that means. And for some of you, it might be a different imbalance. You might be more spirit and Jesus, and the Father gets left out. Because perhaps the Father figures a challenging for you. I don't know, but I want us to know all the parts of God, and for him to know us. I want us to be a church that listens. That stops and says, you know what, I need to listen. I need to, we need to listen to each other, which we've done today. We need to listen to God, which I, I hope we've been doing today. But we also need to listen to our community around us. Because if, if there's people around us that go, well, where are you? Who are you? What? Music practice? What? Well, we need to let them know. Well, they might have other things they want to tell us yeah. that we need to be aware of. Yeah. I want us to be a church that is generous. To be known for its generosity. Now, we're not the richest church in the world. But wouldn't it be great if we were known just because we're generous? Generous with our prayers, generous with our time, generous with the resources that we do have. I want us to be a church that's an example. Not to be like, come, come follow me. If if I'm called to make disciples, just as Jesus made disciples, then I've got to understand that people are going to follow me. And a bit like not wanting to try and copy and go, oh, they do messy church down there, so we've got to do messy church. Oh, they started a thing, we'll do a thing. Actually, but for people to look at us a little bit and go, huh. So, an example to the community, an example to other churches, an example of just what it means to be God's people coming together in community. A church that is servant-hearted. Not just to one another. Not just, not just in the moments where someone needs to, you know, clear up a coffee or clean the floor or something, and we serve one another. But as a whole church, how, how do we serve our community? How do we serve one another? And how do we serve God? I want us to be a church that's humble, that's prepared to just go. You know what? I lay it down. I don't need to get into a big disagreement or argument with anybody. This is who we are. We just get on with it. A church that is sacrificial. Jesus died on the cross. For each one of us, I'd love us to somehow reflect that as a church. A church with our eyes fixed on heaven. That, yeah, we're walking around and we know what's going on the streets, with our eyes and our vision fixed on heaven, on God's kingdom. A church with hope that actually we know 
that there's something worth living for. Wants to be a church that's in the world, not just in here, but a church outside of here. And I want us to be a church that's prepared. Part of what today about is being prepared. I don't know if any of you saw the BBC drama The Ark that was on TV recently, which I thought was great. Watched it, and there was something about it. And it was relatively in the start, and those of you who've not seen it. It's about Noah, and he's building the ark. But he spends a bit of time, it's not just like he went, oh, I need to build an ark, do that tomorrow. It took a little while to build this ark. It was a lot of effort to build this ark. He trusted God that the flood was going to come. Now, other people mocked him and laughed at him and said, there's not going to be a flood, we're 70 miles from the sea, it's it's ridiculous. And there was a line in there about being prepared. I am we prepared for when the flood comes. I don't know what all the next five years holds. We've got all sorts of hopes, but we need to be prepared for what might happen. I'd love to be prepared for that revival. Wouldn't it be great? But it might not be revival in the way, you know, that we might envisage revival, but it might look a little bit different. I think we need to be prepared. And as I was praying and thinking about this, I ended up at this verse, which you'll probably know, it says this, it's Matthew 22, 36-40, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. I think we'll all agree that loving God is first and foremost. I think that, I would say it goes without saying, but actually we need to say it still. It's in the Bible for a reason. First and foremost, we want to be a church that loves God. And loves God with our everything. With our heart, soul and mind. With our everything. And so that's part of the reason we do the five love languages on Thursday evenings. So we can, what does it mean to love God? But the second is to love our neighbour as ourselves. Now, I don't know what you think about evangelism and mission, but if we took this as a starting point, wouldn't it be great? How do we, as a church, just love our neighbours? Now, I was mulling that over, and there's a church down the road at Harlington, and the pastor there, Andy Myers, was sharing that at Christmas, he went out to speak to a guy that's kind of the road outside, and he, uh, he'd been trying to get to know him and say hello, and this guy wasn't interested. So he said, right. Oh, you go and buy him a Christmas present. Got him a really nice box of chocolates, a Christmas card from the church. And he went out to, he got him there, and he goes, Oh, I'm not talking, no, I don't want to talk. He went, No, 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 well, of course, this guy's attitude went from being a to, really? No one's ever, I've been working here, but no one's ever noticed me. I just get people complaining that I'm in the way or slowing down traffic or they're trying to push their push there and I'm in the way. Whatever it is. I don't know whether that guy now goes to their church or not. That didn't matter. Your mind just went, how do we love our neighbours? 
So this Easter, they decided, they said to everyone in the church, bring in an Easter egg, get one of those the real Easter eggs that's got the Bible story in it, and we'll see how many we get, and then we'll go and give them out to people that live close to us. And they gave out about six Easter eggs. I'm not saying we copy them, but actually, let's just love our neighbours. When was the last time? I've been part of that thing about letting people know who we are and what's going on. Let's just love people. We don't have to say, oh, here's a flyer, would you want to come to this? Let's go and freak them out by going, do you know what? We brought you a present. Let's go and put notes in or saying, as a church, we're praying for you. Let us know if you've got any prayer requests. And see what happens. Let's just love people. Not because we have to. Not because there's any catch at the end of it, but because we can. And let's scatter those seeds like that. The, the um, parable of the farmer who scatters the seeds. And some go on the stony ground, some get caught up in weeds, but some of them grow. Now, the farmer didn't go, oh, I must be really careful not to put any on the weeds on the stony ground. Just scattered. Let's scatter like that. Wouldn't that be great? That's a little bit about my hope, my vision the church.